we, uh, we've got, um, we've got Easter coming this week, uh, Holy Week, celebrating and remembering uh, what Christ has come uh, to do, uh, what Nathan was just talking about, um, uh, to, to go to the cross uh, but not just go to the cross, but defeat death and conquer the grave. Um, and, uh, you know, Easter is one of those funny things. It's, um, you know, it's amazing. Uh, we can invite people on Easter that will come that other times won't come. Uh, I've got a friend of mine that I hope that he will be here. Um, and um, he's not a believer. And he's, he's certain of that in, in his way. And talk, we talk about that. And we have great conversations about it. Um, and, um, you know, he, um, you know, he, he's been here for Easter before and, uh, he tells me this, that, uh, you know, he's actually been, he lives in Nashville. He's been thinking about buying a house up this way, um, because we've become good friends and he's close to our family and stuff. And, uh, you know, he's told me, he said, you know, if I buy a house up that way, I'm probably going to come to that church because he said, I feel loved there. Um, I say that to say, you know, it's, it's important for us to reach out to these people that God has put in our lives. Um, you know, so be thinking this week about who God's placed in your life. Uh, maybe they're friends, maybe somebody you work with, maybe, uh, I don't know, uh, just, just be thinking about it. Just be open to it uh, and, and invite them. Invite them, if you dare, invite them not just to come to church with you and worship with you, but invite them, invite them to have lunch with you. With you. Maybe, and maybe you have like a crazy family that you have lunch with. Invite them to have lunch with the crazy family. Like nothing cuts the edge off of crazy family lunch on Easter than to have somebody that they don't know that you can talk to and hang out with when they get too crazy. I'm just telling you. So I know this from experience. So, uh, you know, but yeah, seriously, you know, invite them to be a part uh, of what you're doing on Easter. Uh, it, there's just something about it just because it's Easter uh, there's a lot of people, even even non-believers, that think, "Well, I'm supposed to go to church because it's Easter." Uh, so uh, you know, be thinking about that this week, and and let God lead you, and and uh, and be praying, be praying about who who God may lead you to talk to. Uh, something else, a couple other things, to be thinking about uh, next Sunday. Uh, be thinking about where you park. Uh, if you're if you're a regular attendee, uh, and I'll, I'll put it this way: if your legs ain't broke, then you know, don't be afraid to walk. Uh, you know, don't don't try to park by the front door. Um, you know, go park somewhere else. Park over at City Hall. Uh, park. Uh, the, our parkers will be uh, having people probably park in the front uh, yard uh, out here uh, in the grass as long as it's not a mud hole. Um, and, uh, you know, so, you know, be thinking about that and be praying. Be praying about, uh, and, and, and by the way, you can do this on a regular Sunday. You cannot buy, park by the front door. And, and, and even in those moments, pray about who, who God might have to park in the place you really want to park in, you know? And, uh, and uh, you know, I, I, I fully believe that God wants to continue to reach people uh, to know him and wants to use this church to be a part of doing that. And so uh, he's continuing to grow this church, and, and I think that that's important for us, you know, to be, to be mindful of. Uh, so be thinking about that. Also, I actually got a text message from uh, one of the guys that is on our parking team just a little while ago, and he was telling me that they need help on Easter. Uh, you know, so maybe you don't have a place to serve, but you could help. Uh, with those guys uh, in between the services, it, it's nuts. It's, it's a lot of people uh, that will be here. Uh, we'll have three services, 8.30, 
uh, 9.45 and 11 o'clock, three services. They'll be a little shorter, uh, just a hair shorter than our normal Sunday morning services. So, uh, you know, uh, maybe you can come and help those guys. That would be awesome. Uh, if you'd like to, uh, for us to put you in touch with them, we can, we can help do that. Uh, and we'll be glad to do so too. So uh, also next Sunday, we're doing baptisms. So uh, if you've never been baptized, and that's something you've been thinking about, maybe you already know the Lord, uh, but you've never been baptized and you would like to do that, we, we would love to talk to you about that. We can talk this week, we can set that up, and we can make that happen uh, next Sunday. So just things to think about and uh, be praying about. So pretty awesome stuff. Um, all right, well, let's jump into this. Uh, if you've got a Bible, go ahead and get it out. We're going to Mark chapter 2. Uh, and if you don't have a Bible, uh, our ushers would be glad to bring you one uh, and uh, just throw your hand up in the air and wave it like you just don't care. Uh, and we'll uh, hip hop hooray together. All right. Uh, but Mark chapter 2 is where we're going today. Also, by the way, if you don't own a Bible, we'd love for you to be able to keep that one. We'd love for you to be able to, to have it and keep it and take it with you and uh, let God speak to you uh, through it. It is His Word. Um, but Mark chapter 2 brings about uh, a passage um, that, uh, uh, a couple of passages we're going to kind of put together here uh, to finish out the chapter today. Uh, it brings about, uh, brings about a passage for us this morning that we see uh, some of the guys that are the rule followers, you know these guys, right? Uh, they're, they're, they're ready to police us at any given time and, you know, tell us what we're doing wrong. And uh, this is true in Scripture. We see uh, these guys often known as the Pharisees, uh, as these guys that, uh, you know, they know the law, they know what's right. And, of course, Jesus comes to town and, and he's kind of breaking some of the rules and, and they're trying to figure out why, you know, and they're, you know, all up in arms and everything. Well, this is one of those situations that we have the, you know, kind of seen that happen. Uh, and so in Mark chapter 2, verse 18, we have this passage uh, that's about fasting. Uh, and fasting is one of those things a lot of people don't talk about fasting a whole lot. Uh, fasting is something that people would do uh, or do uh, to, um, <clears throat> to take a break from something, is to fast from something. Uh, and so, uh, you know, for us to take a break, uh, and generally where we see fasting in Scripture a lot of times uh, is uh, with food, that you would take a break, that you, in other words, you would not eat, but it wasn't for the uh, reasoning of so that you could be seen doing this, uh, and it wasn't to check off a box, uh, as, you know, the legalists would get into doing, uh, sometimes the Pharisees, not all of them, but sometimes that's, uh, you know, kind of the, the way they'd go about it. Uh, but it was so that when you took a break from eating, that you would spend that time seeking the Lord. And the, the idea behind that is that you're taking one appetite and trading it for a different appetite. In other words, that, 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 you, would, that you would yearn and long to spend that time with the Lord. That you, would, that you would go to God, that you would be seeking Him and that kind of thing. And so fasting is, you know, and people fast from different things, but again, most of the time what we see it from is, is food. And so we have this passage here uh, where, uh, you know, one of the guys is basically getting on to Jesus, and he's like, hey, you know, what's up? You guys aren't fasting. You know, we're all over here fasting. What's up? You know, what's going on? So let's jump into it. Verse 18, it says this. It says, now John's disciples and the Pharisees were fasting, and people came and said to him, why did John's disciples and the disciples of the Pharisees fast, but your disciples do not fast? 
And so, you know, basically they're like, you know, well, we're over here doing the right thing and we want to know why you're not doing the right thing because we've come to be the police of all things that are right. In verse 19, Jesus gives them an answer. He says, and Jesus said to them, can the wedding guests fast while the bridegroom is with them? As long as they have the bridegroom with them, they cannot fast. So let's talk about this for just a second. Okay, so first of all, we've got this bridegroom deal. What's the bridegroom deal about? Well, okay, so back in the Old Testament, we actually see uh, that God is, is seen as the bridegroom to his people. Okay, and, and then even in the New Testament, we have even a further explanation and understanding. This is what's awesome about us getting to have, of course, the Pharisees didn't have all this, uh, is, is for us to get to have the whole of Scripture and get to see all these other passages and things. Uh, but what we have an understanding of through the whole of Scripture is that Jesus is the bridegroom to his bride, which is the church. Now, when I say the church, I'm talking about the people. I'm not talking about I'm not talking about buildings, brick and mortar, or steeples cut in half and painted black and slapped on a wall. Um, you know, I'm talking about the people. We, the people, are the church. We make up the church, not a building, okay? And so Jesus is the bridegroom, and his bride is the church, the people. And so, you know, Jesus is basically saying, you know, well, I'm, you know, the, the reason in fasting is that you would seek the Lord. And he's basically saying, and I'm here. <laughs> so there's no reason for them to seek who's here. You know, I'm here. You know, so they don't have to do that. Uh, and so verse, verse 20, it goes on. It says, the days will come when the bridegroom is taken away from them, and then they will fast in that day. So he's saying, you know, they're not against fasting. We're not, we're, not, we're not shunning fasting, but the point of fasting is to seek the Lord and spend that time with Him because you're, you're trading, again, one appetite for another. And that the appetite in which you would seek the Lord is, is the seeking of, of His holiness and who He is and wanting to you know, grow in Him and know more about Him and uh, allow Him to change your heart and all those things that happen when we are renewed in spending time with the Lord. And, and, I think that, and I think that's an important piece for us this morning to, to, to be remembering and recognizing that we are renewed when we spend time with God. We are renewed when we spend time with God. And God understands that about us. And, and the whole point here, and, and this is where like, you know, legalism, and, and we, we see this in our culture, like the legalism versus like just seeking the Lord because you love the Lord like the legalism thing was over here, and that's the checking off of boxes. And we're supposed to go to church, we're supposed to do this, we're supposed to do that. And, and, and we got all these things. You put, put them all in the box or whatever. And, and the truth is that a lot of those things are good things. But if we make our Christian walk about trying to check off boxes, we've missed that it's really about following Jesus and seeking Him. And as we seek Him, and as we spend time with Him, our hearts are changed. Our hearts are changed. And when our hearts are changed, then we want to do those things. We want to. Our, ap our appetite changes. Our appetite changes. It goes on in this passage here 
and, uh, and it begins to talk about um, this whole garment thing. Verse 21, it says, No one sews a piece of unshrunk cloth on an old garment. If he does, the patch tears away from it, the new from the old, and a worse tear is made. So, you know, I'm not going to pretend to know a whole lot about clothing or fabrics or whatever, but kind of this understanding is when you get a new shirt, you know, one of the things that you're looking at when you buy a new shirt a lot of times is what's going to happen to that when I wash it, you know, because what, you know, what was, you know, kind of tight when you got it new and then you wash it and then it's real tight. You know what I'm saying? You know, you've, you've, you've done that. And, uh, and, and, and so in this understanding, we, we have that understanding to, to kind of go with this is that, you know, you don't take an old garment and take new cloth and put that on it as a patch. Because if you do, when you wash it, then that's going to shrink up even smaller and then tear away and the hole will be worse. That's what it's talking about. Why is Jesus talking about this, you know? What's up? What is Jesus talking Well, he, he doesn't just talk about that. He talks about something else right here. He's talking about this old and new, okay? But then he goes on and he's got another illustration. And he, and he throws it in right behind it. And here it is in verse 22. He says, and no one puts new wine... In old wineskins, if he does, the wine will burst the skins, and the wine is destroyed, and so are the skins. So new wine is for fresh wineskins. You're like, what? What? What is going? Like, how do we get from fasting to this? Like, you know, we're now we're supposed to be trying to protect the wine, or what? For when we're done fasting, or what's that about? You know. So again, it's the old and new. So one of the things to understand about how they would store wine, uh, and, and even age wine, you know, to even go there, uh, is that they would, they would put, them, put it in these skins instead of bottles and things like what we use today. Uh, they would a lot of times put them in skins. And so uh, the skins would hold them and, and, and would age. And, the, and, the, and the, so as the wine, as you know, I'm guessing you know, wine ages and you know it's better with age and all that kind of stuff or it's supposed to be, uh, and, uh, and so as it ages, when you put that in one of those skins, the skin ages with the wine. So they age together. And so similar to the, the clothing illustration there with the patch kind of deal, if you take new wine that hasn't gone through all those chemical things that it does as it's aging over time, and you put it into an old skin, and it begins to start fresh from the beginning, but the old skin hasn't you know, been there with it since the beginning, then basically the old skin actually ends up busting. And when it busts, wine goes everywhere and you lost your wine, which was obviously the opposite of what you're trying to accomplish with trying to store the wine. You're not trying to have it go all over the floor. So Jesus is talking about this. Why? Why is he talking about this? What's he talking about? So he, he's talking about this old and new. And again, we're on the heels of the fasting thing. We're on the heels of the fasting thing. And what Jesus is trying to say is he's trying to say, and he is saying, that he has come with something new. And it is going to change many of the things that they were used to of old. And you can't put the new into the old. In other words, even something like fasting has been changed with His coming. 
In fact, historically speaking, when they would fast, and we see them fasting in Scripture, you know, when they were fasting, a lot of times what they were doing is they were fasting a lot of times out of mourning for things that had happened. In other words, they would, they would fast over something that happened in the past, like let's say that the, because the temple was destroyed. They might fast over that. And then they might fast over the Messiah to come. Again, talking about in the Old Testament, talking about in the law. They, they would be fasting, you know, praying for, you know, they didn't know it was going to be Jesus. Well, you know, they knew the Messiah was coming, but they didn't, they didn't know Jesus when they saw him a lot of times. But that it would be Jesus to come. They were praying for Jesus to come, and they were mourning these things that had happened in the past. So Jesus is saying, you're fasting, but you're fasting, and I'm here, the Lord, I'm here, I'm Jesus, I'm God, I'm here. So there's, there's no need to do that. And, and, and the mourning thing, I've come, I've come to make all things new. I've come to make all things new. And so Jesus is basically saying, you can't put the new in the old. It's going to destroy it. It's going to kill it. You're, you're going to be over here trying to check off your boxes, and you're going to be missing the point of why I've called you to this to begin with. Fasting is for us to draw near to God. It is an appetite thing. It is a craving thing. It is a, it is a instead of eating this thing that I, I really am thinking about eating, I'm going to take a break from food and not eat, and I'm going to seek the Lord because I know that I know that I need to do that, and I crave being with Him and seeking Him and growing in Him and allowing Him to change who I am as a person. That's a, that's a, big, that's a big deal for us today. That's a big deal for us today. Um, you talk about appetites. Man, uh, I think about... I think about a restaurant that closed many years ago in Nashville. Did, did any of you ever get to go to the New Orleans Manor? Raise your hand and be proud of it. Don't be afraid. A handful of you. A handful of you got to experience buffets from the heavens. I'm here to tell you. I mean, I mean there's... They, if you didn't go, you're probably not going to believe me. It was in this old house uh, over close to the airport or whatever. And, and you'd go and, and you'd walk in the front door. And the front door was like, the, it was again, huge old house, old kind of colonial type deal. And you'd go in there and it had these huge rooms in it, but it had this huge foyer, foyer you know. And, and in, the, in the foyer, they had, they had these buffets set up. And it wasn't like, it wasn't like, the Chinese buffet or something, I, you know, it's not that. It's not, and it's not. Dagum sure not Ryan's either. Okay, we're talking about buffets with steaks and other things that I don't remember because there was really only one thing I was there for: king crab legs. Okay, people, king crab legs. Now, if you don't like crab legs, you're probably going to miss, dismiss the whole thing. I'm here to tell you, you missed out. Okay. Because I, I mean, even still to this day, when I get to thinking about I want crab legs for dinner or something, which doesn't happen very often, but if I get to thinking about, you know, I'd like to have some crab legs, I get to thinking about, I get to thinking about New Orleans Manor because if I go to Red Lobster or something, I'm like, hey, give me some crab legs. They give me like these little, little things. And I'm like, you got any bigger ones back there? And they're like, that's, that's the big ones. I'm like, no, it's not. 
No, it's not. I've watched the deadliest catch. I went to New Orleans Manor. That's who was buying all Sig's crabs back then. And so, I don't even know where you go get king crab in Nashville now. I mean, it's just it's terrible. It's a terrible thing. You can tell I'm really worked up about it. And, uh, but I, I, I remember, I remember because they're huge, and it was a buffet. It's like you just eat them until you don't want to eat them anymore, you know? And it was one of those deals that, like, eventually they're like, Mr. Royalty, are you ready to leave finally, you know? So I remember my appetite for king crab legs. And when I remember that, I remember that place. But I can tell you what I also remember. It's even better than that. I remember the day in which God saved me. I remember in my heart realizing that God had done something for me that I couldn't do for myself. That He had forgiven me despite the fact of all my sin. And that He wanted to take all of that away from me and make me new. And so when I think about spending time with the Lord, I go back to that. I go back to that memory. And I go back to the appetite in which He gave me to see how good He was. To see how good He tasted. Psalm 34 says, Taste and see that the Lord is good. Taste and see that the Lord is good. And if you're a believer here today, and God has saved you, then you know how good He is. You recognize how great He is. You recognize what He's done in your life. And I think for so many of us, I think sometimes we, we have traded in our appetites for different things to where we're missing getting to continually taste how good He is and what He's done in our lives. It's life-changing. It's refreshing. It renews us when we go and we spend time with the Lord. That, that's the purpose of fasting. That's the only purpose of fasting, is that we would go and that we would spend time with God, that He would renew us, that He would change us, that He would make us whole again. And He recognizes that we need Him. That's also why this other passage exists, which we're going to jump into right here. It's a little short passage. And it's about the Sabbath. So what's the Sabbath? The Sabbath is, you know, something that we're called to, to keep, which is a day. It's supposed, to be, it's supposed to be a day off. It's supposed to be a day of rest. That we would take a day of rest. Now again, you go to the Pharisees or, you know, maybe some legalists that are probably in Cheatham County, whichever, I don't care. Uh, and you talk to them about, you know, talk to any folks, and, and let's just face it, sometimes we're legalists and we have to fight it. Uh, you know, but for us, we have to remember that it's not about checking the boxes. That there's a reason behind these things. Why, why, would we need to, why would we need a day of rest? Why would we need a day like that? Let's talk about it. Look at this. Verse 23, it says, One Sabbath, he was going through the grain fields, talking about Jesus, and as he made their way, as they made their way, he's got the disciples with him, his disciples began to pluck heads of grain, and the Pharisees were saying to him, Look, why are they doing what is not lawful on the Sabbath? So what he's talking about, what they're talking about right there, is that you weren't supposed to work on the Sabbath. You're supposed to keep the Sabbath holy. You're supposed to take a day of rest. Well, 
these people were like, oh, they're out there working in the fields. Well, they weren't working in the fields. They were hungry, okay? Let's, let's keep going. Verse 25, Jesus has a response because he's Jesus and he always has a response. And he said to them, have you never read what David did when he was in need and was hungry? He and those who were with him, how he entered the house of God in the time of Abathar, the high priest, and ate the bread of the presence, which it is not lawful for any of the priests to eat, and also gave it to those who were with him. So he's, he's, he's giving this, you know, like, hey, remember this time that we have in Scripture where David had to do this basically to feed himself and to feed others. They had to go and they had to get this bread that, you know, was meant for communion. It wasn't supposed to be eaten by anybody or whatever, especially if it wasn't supposed to be eaten by the priest. Uh, but, you know, they were hungry. They needed it. It was nourishment. Verse 27, and he said to them, the Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. I want you, I want you to hear that. that. That's the heart of, that's the difference in the legalism take and the heart that really comes through with when we see Jesus explain these things to us. The Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. He's saying, <clears throat> man needs the Sabbath. The Sabbath doesn't need man. That, that doesn't even make sense. Why, why would the Sabbath, the Sabbath's not going to need man. Man needs the Sabbath. And, and, and we're, talking about, we're talking about the guy who created us here. Okay, We're talking about Jesus, the creator, who knows what we need, you know, who understands us better than we could possibly understand ourselves. And he's saying, man needs the Sabbath, not, not the other way around. It's for him. It's for him to rest. It's for him to be renewed. Because again, the Sabbath is a time when we would draw near to the Lord. The Sabbath is for us to take a break, to come back to God, to be rejuvenated, to be reminded of who he is and what he's done and how important that is for us. And it goes on in verse 28 and he says, So the Son of Man is Lord even of the Sabbath. By the way, this is Jesus' chance to like, mic drop. He's like, don't talk to me about the Sabbath. I am the Lord over it, okay? The Sabbath and fasting both. They're not meant to be checklist things. They're meant to be things that help us to stay close to the Lord. To draw near to the Lord. For somebody that's, that's maybe... maybe straight away from the Lord for a long time or whatever. There are ways for, for even those people to come back and just say, you know, I need to seek the Lord. I need to be reminded of the appetite. I need to be reminded of the hunger. I need to taste and see again that the Lord is good and be reminded of what He's done in our lives. That's so good for us today. You say, well, Chris, that's why, that's why I go to church. That's why I go to church. Well, good, good. But let me just tell you, church isn't enough. This isn't about going to church. This is about a relationship that we have with Jesus. If we only talk to our loved ones once a week, what kind of relationship is that? That's not a, that's not a, that's not a close relationship. That's not the kind of relationship in which we get rejuvenated by spending time with we need Jesus. Jesus recognizes 
how desperately that we need Him as a people. I'll give you an example of this if you don't mind me sharing. <coughs> do you have a? Did you guys have a good week this week? I didn't. Didn't have a great week. I'll just be honest with you. I, there were parts of it that were good. I'm not going to try to. You'll you'll see as I get into this. So, last weekend, I went on this little trip for the side business thing, and we go to Texas, trailer full of stuff. Like, it's a lot of work. It's a ton of work. It's a ton of work. Like, you spend a week or two, like, getting ready, just trying to get the stuff ready to be loaded, and then you finally load. We loaded for, like, three days, you know, everything that we're trying to make sure that needs to go. And, and we're going to this pinball show. And, and I'm sure most people probably think, oh, Chris goes to these things, and he just plays pinball all weekend. I didn't play. I played two pinballs at, like, midnight once the whole time, you know. I mean, it, it's work. They, they open the shows at like 9 in the morning, and because these dudes want to, like, just can't pull themselves away from these machines, they, they leave the thing open till like 1 in the morning. So like 9 in the morning till 1 in the morning, I'm basically married to a booth, which I have the stuff in which we sell for the hobby or whatever, and I'm grateful, grateful for all that. Um, and it's just a lot of work, and we're tired, okay? So we're tired. And... I'll just be honest with you. I, just to be forthright, I had a couple. I had a couple of things that happened where I was just kind of done wrong by people. And I, I'm one of those people. I'm very trusting. You can burn me. Um, I probably will usually get over it quick for whatever reason. I'll just be honest with you. I, I've struggled this week to get over it. One of the one of the people, somebody that I knew. I guess that made it even more personal for me. It's like I, I really don't understand why this has happened. You know, and, and through it all, I'm, I'm trying to be kind, and I'm, I'm even thinking, like, man, i gotta, I got to keep a clear head. But the, here's the truth of it. Like, it, it completely ruined me for, like, just trying to just even think about, like, trying to talk the gospel with some of these people. There was a couple of instances later that uh, God was gracious and allowing to happen that I just kind of fell into. Uh, but it just, it just man, it just, it just ruined, especially my Saturday, which was the main day of the deal. And so then I got, let's just face it, I've got bitterness in my heart because I've been done wrong. And you guys know what that's like. And so I even, you know, I, and I've been praying all week. I've been praying, God, help me with this. Help me, help me overcome this. I'm just, you know, trying, I don't want to be upset. I don't want to hold anything against anybody. I want to move on, but I'm not, I'm not doing a good job of it. You know, and, and, and just to be honest with you, looking back on like the week, I was just trying to do it all on my own. I just, I just like, I've just, I've just got to, I've just got to man up and just get over it and go on. This morning we come in here and we're, and I'm, I'm over here singing and I'm praying then. I'm even praying then, God, I don't want this in my heart. I need your help. I need you to, you know, whatever. And we sing this song. It's the last song that we sang a minute ago, and I, I won't get the line right. I can't remember the line exactly, but basically to the sense that all of our sin was put, was nailed onto the hand of Jesus, the hands of Jesus. And in that moment, while I'm praying, God, please help me, help take this away from me. Please, you know, forgive me because I'm, I'm bitter in my heart and all these things. And in that moment, I, 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 just, I just had this recollection 
And it's the same recollection of the very first time in which God saved my soul, that He loves me, and He's forgiven my sin, even that sin in which I have in my heart right now against people that don't even know that I'm upset with them. And I, I was just like, holy cow. And, and, and you see, that's why, that's why we talk about all the time that we need Jesus as much today as the day that he saved us. We need him every day of our life, and he knows it. And he's, and he's doing his part, God's doing his part, to draw us back to him through his creation and through all of these other things but especially in sending His Son to live a life that would lead to a cross in which He knew that from the very beginning that He would come to live so that He could die that we might have life in His death and in Him defeating the grave. That's amazing. And, and you see, all of a sudden, I'm sitting over there all of a sudden, and I know this, man, it's like you, know, you preach to yourself. You know, I'm trying to like... You know, I'm just like everybody else. I'm struggling through life, you know, trying to figure things out. And it's like all of a sudden, just as, as, as all of that like came to the top, I remember just how good the Lord is and that it's only in Him that I can forgive anyone else. It's only in Him that, that I could walk away from that and, and find peace that surpasses all understanding because that only comes from Jesus. The, the, you know, the peace that doesn't make any sense, the peace that surpasses all understanding. And I was just like, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. You see, we can't navigate this life without Him. We can try it. We can try it, but we'll be what I've been this week, which is a bitter person that's probably not fun to be around. One of those people that in life just is miserable. Maybe, maybe that's where you are right now. Maybe you're miserable. Maybe you're holding all this stuff inside or something. I don't know. And you're like, well, Chris, they really wronged me. I get it. We've really wronged God. But he's loved us so that he sent his son to die for us. And so we have forgiveness. And it's because of that forgiveness that we can offer that forgiveness. And I'm so thankful for that this morning. Because the bitter, miserable, not knowing what to do with it, versus the forgiven, can let it go, can move on. Oh my gosh. It's like being untied from the post. Jesus changes our appetite. And it changes who we are as people. It allows us and helps us to see what it looks like to be light in this world. And He renews us. And, and, and maybe you're here today and you could honestly say, Chris, I need to be renewed. Well, well guess what? Maybe this will be the best news you've heard all day. That's the business that He's in. He's into taking the old and nasty and broken and rusty and all of, all of the adjectives that we come up for ourselves with that oftentimes a lot of them are unhealthy. He's, he's in the business of taking all of those things and making them new. 
That's who he is. That's what he does. God knows that he is the best thing for us, and that's why he wants to draw us near to him through things like having a Sabbath, taking time to fast, whatever it is, spending time in the Word this week, praying this week, uh, on, a, on a regular basis, like making him a priority, spending time maybe this week with somebody else to just, to just pray for each other, to, to, to read through a passage of Scripture together and check on each other and see what's going on. He's in all that, and he's drawing us near to him and helping us to be reminded of who he is, and this is who he is. It was the mic drop. It's verse 28, so the Son of Man is Lord even of the Sabbath. And you know why? Because He is not just Lord of the Sabbath. He is the Lord of all. 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 Everything. And today He's saying, may your appetite be for my holiness and not for the things of this world. Taste and see that the Lord is good. If you've never trusted in Him as your Savior, I'm praying for you that today would be the day. Come talk to one of us after, during, whatever, I don't care. Let's just pray with you. We just care for you. There's not no pressure involved with all that. Just listen to the Lord if He's speaking to your heart. What He has for you will change your life. Let's pray. God, thank you for what you've done for us and for helping us to see clearly, Lord, just through your word, just who you are and how much you care. And that it's not about check boxes, but God, it's about drawing us near to you that we could be made whole again, that we could be made new. God, I, I pray right now for everyone that's hearing this, God, for anyone that needs to be made new. God, I pray, Lord, that they, could, they would see that it doesn't happen on our own. It only happens through you, with you, and in you. God, may we trust you for that today. God, thank you for what you've done in sending your son Jesus for us. Thank you for that forgiveness. Help us, Lord, to offer it in this world. We ask this in your name. Amen.